the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I kind of have a NASA head deadline countdown in my head right now. It's just stuck there like 10, 9. Stocks are rising today. I know you're saying, what? Didn't oil just collapse? Yes. And a couple days before that, didn't just the whole world economy collapse due to COVID? Yes. And stocks are rising today. Again, the recent bottom of oil does not coincide with the recent bottom of COVID. In theory, you would like them to. Or maybe you're thinking we've already put a bottom in and we don't have to confirm it. I'm not silly enough to say we've put a bottom in because I know that earnings are going to go from bad to worse. I don't know if everyone knows that or the markets have priced that in. But one-fifth of S&P 500 companies have reported earnings. Investors are looking for anything that we can like glean from the cube uh, to teach us. The first quarter was the relatively easy part because the first quarter, everything was fine in the world. Eh, maybe not quite right in January and February. And then it went to heck in a handbasket in March. You're seeing guidance from Expedia, Starbucks, Ford, FedEx, Caterpillar. Um, and they've withdrawn guidance. Those are very, not random, that's an eclectic collection of companies. So when you, when you withdraw guidance, I don't know how to value you. And the trouble in the oil patch is going to lead to a smaller oil patch in the United States. There will be mergers. There will be acquisitions. There will be blood. I know you're saying, very dramatic, Rob. Very, very dramatic. I don't think we've seen the shaking out completed yet. Um, But we have seen, you know, like, oh, well, this must be really bad for... Auto companies. Oh, well, this must be bad for auto part companies. Um, and we've, we've started connecting all the pieces. It's not just the restaurant industry. It's not just the hotel leisure industry. It's not just the misuses. About the only group we can say that has got a green light as far as, yeah, we know that's not going to go completely away, is the food business. But the food business is, is marred right now by potential meat shortages coming. You think the toilet paper shortage was bad? Wait till people have to eat like vegetarian or vegan. People in America are going to lose their minds. They're going to like start shooting raccoons on the side of the road for a raccoon burger only at McDonald's. Um, so the auto industry has collapsed for a really funny, different kind of weird reason. 
we're not driving miles. We're not putting miles on our car. I went from easily 300, 400 miles a week to 40, if that. Um, so no wear and tear. The auto guy, the tire guy is not going to get my business for a while. Unless they hire people to go and slash people's tires, which, believe it or not, is one of my conspiracy theories that I believe. Is that tire companies uh, put glass out on highways. I know you're saying you're kidding, right? Eh. Eh. I guess. But if I would ever see, like, screws, like, anyway, I'll drop it. Snap-on reported a 13% year-over-year drop in earnings per share. So Snap-on obviously tied towards miles-driven. And what we're going to do more and more here is see in the U.S. economy that the hip bone is connected to the elbow. And you're like, that is one ugly person you're painting a picture of. And, yep, it is. O'Reilly Automotive Advanced Auto Parts, um, they're used parts. And that actually has a benefit because people don't want to go out and spend big money on a car at this point in time. Uber, Lyft, um, their entire universe is upside down. Their stocks are upside down. If you're one of those people that, you know, a year ago, two years ago, were like, oh, I can't wait to buy Uber because it's going to be the biggest thing in the world and it's going to disrupt all the car companies and people won't have cars anymore. And uh, you'll just call an Uber and you'll get an Uber. Like, if you were that guy, <clears throat> this is the stock market for you. Negative oil, fears have grown, but today oil is snapping back. And yet, what the oil market to me is telling me, that in the short term, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you're buying future contracts on the stock market, if, you're, if you believe that the stock market is a six-month discounting mechanism of the future, which I do, if you're buying into my thought that you know bonds are more real-time reaction to what bad news or good news hits the stock markets, Oil's also telling you that down the road, things are going to get worse. Um, people who supply it are naive if people who are taking it aren't taking it. The people who aren't taking it are saying, like, we got enough. But when the future contracts, and I'm going to say future contracts are money, when the money is saying next month looks just about as bad as this month, or you wouldn't have thought next month was okay compared to this month because this month was that bad. Um, so it's going to bleed a little bit more. Netflix, holy mackerel. Um, big quarter for Netflix, to say the least. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to hit some more of the headlines out there this morning. White House Director, National Economic uh, Policy. Larry Kudlow is on a CNBC interview talking about maybe in a transition month to opening up the economy. You know, when we hear that Germany is opening up small stores, when we hear that China is opening up factories, when we hear the United States has a couple rogue states that are insisting on opening up, when you hear about that, there will be economic activity. It may only be the first signs of spring. And there, it may lead to more deaths, and it may be a false spring, like a big super winter comes and kills everything that, that shoots up in the short term. 
but we are going to start seeing some positive numbers. Nah, I don't want to use the word positive. Community banks and smaller lenders are being included in the Small Business Administration plan. Boy, that got stupid, right? On how many big companies were taking money on something that was literally it was designed to pay, save payroll, but it sounded like it was being sold to save small businesses. Hotspots and New York, uh, hotspots like New York and Chicago, and parts of California, they may not start reopening as the other parts of the country do. Legal authority is starting to be thrown around about like small businesses not being held liable for infections of COVID-19. So stop and think about that. At this point in time, people have started thinking, I could sue my employer or I could sue a company if I walk into their business and get COVID-19. For something that's being described as an invisible killer, we're at war with it, we're going the legal lawsuit route. Oil futures and stock prices are finding some early support today. Again, after two rough days, after one great week, after the uh, start of April was unbelievably blazingly hot after the fall of the markets in March, uh, it's just another chapter. We're going to talk all sorts of stuff today because it's earning seasons and there are stories and successes and failures that are starting to pop up. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Oil gave us up a wake-up call on Monday and Tuesday. If you were chugging along, happy as a clam, although I've seen some pretty unhappy clams in my life, you know, the ones that you're throwing into a pot of boiling water, and they're like, no! But if you were happy as a clam, just skip it along the other day. You're like, the stock markets are are doing nothing but going higher. We're going to be at all-time highs again sooner than later. If there wasn't something nagging in the back of your head... You kind of got a, you kind of deserved a punch in the face, and oil gave it to you. What I mean by that is, when oil started to collapse this week, like super hyper accelerated, it was already lower. It was already telling us, yeah, the stock market's telling us that the economy's going to stink, and the bond market's telling us there's a flight to safety. No one wants risk. No one thinks uh, risk is worth investing in because you're going to get bit in the butt. But oil is saying. Screw you guys. We think the economy grinds to a halt. We we make black gold, and it's worth less than water. Of which, for the record, in 100 years from now, I think a barrel of water might be more important than a barrel of gold, or a barrel of uh, oil, a barrel of gold. That's what I'm thinking about. Oh, for the record, do not watch The Wizard of Oz right now. I watched that the other night, and it's ruined my dreams. Between living during the time of COVID and the... Rough to see the wizard. <laughs> and uh, it was bad. It's bad. So how bad does unemployment get? Do we go to 15%, 10%, 20%? Right now, it, it, it hasn't really impacted us. Because let's say some people have been out of jobs. And we're like, uh, yeah, they've been out of jobs for a month. They, they probably had enough to scrape by. Maybe they got some of that stimulus money. You wait till you're unemployed for three or four months without a paycheck and no stimulus money coming in. And then you're going to see radical changes. 
all of a sudden people don't need their cars is what oil is telling us. And if you have 20% unemployment, um, you're going to have car leases, oil leases, uh, oil platforms. Like This is going to get messy. And just doing a little bit of paperwork on a bailout by the federal government on oil, it's not going to work. You're going to have to see mergers and acquisitions. You can save this tape right now. Um, some of the smaller players in the United States, just it's not going to work with this spread. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Let's talk about the obvious. Everyone probably knows I have a beer refrigerator. And the last few weeks, I've reorganized it with my IPAs, my double IPAs. And I've put all my Mexican beer and my, my Coronas like way out of the way, at least six inches from the other beers, just in case. And stupid commentary like that is one of the reasons that beer sales fell 14% for Heineken, except for the fact it's not. It's not that we're not buying beer for our home. It's that we're not buying beers at restaurants. Volumes in March slumped 14% as coronavirus spread across the world, leaving bars, restaurants, and clubs open. The only time I would consider a low-grade beer like a Corona or a Heineken is if I'm on a flight and there's nothing else, if I'm at a hotel and there's nothing else, if I'm on a beach and there's nothing else. And guess what? All three just happened. Boom. I didn't say restaurants because restaurants always seem to have some sort of selection. But you get the idea. Um, volume performance is struggling. Heineken withdrew its 2020 guidance and said management is going to take pay cuts. Again, you're like, well, at least they still have a job. But if they're taking a 20% pay cuts, they get 20% less for private schools or 20% less for vacations or 20% less for massages or 20% less for a new home that the construction guy on your street help builds. <clears throat> it, the ramifications are large. But the Dow rebounded overnight with the futures as Congress looks to roll out new stimulus packages. Again, the ramifications of this, I'm just going to assume we're not going to assume hyperinflation until we see it. But that doesn't mean that there won't be unintended consequences. Kimberly Clark beats earnings estimates. Now, I know you're saying, is there any chance Kimberly Clark makes toilet paper? And the answer is yes. Is there any chance that Kimberly Clark's CEO is the charming bear? It's starting to look that way. Um, you know, the, one of the, the dumbest explanations on why toilet paper was hoarded or is hoarded is because we're no longer going to the office to poop. And I'm like, really? I, I, it kind of makes sense because when I started in my work career 25 years ago and you're leasing an office in an office of hundreds and hundreds of offices, um, nine o'clock is not a pretty time. Men are disgusting. A combination of increased consumer demand for the products, strong execution by Kimberly Clark to deliver it. It doesn't matter if there's strong demand. If you don't have the supply in the supply network. Um, some people have bought a year's worth of toilet paper in a month. 
And that bodes very, very well for people who make paper products like George Pacific, Procter & Gamble, Kimberly-Clark. Um, let's say Procter & Gamble has more Kleenex tissues or uh, more tissue paper than toilet paper. Well, guess what? People were buying tissue paper in case all the toilet paper ran out, too. So paper's been very well situated here. And again, it's I wouldn't have known that. I would have thought during an apocalypse people would get shotguns. But no, they want to be clean-ish. Netflix subscribers' gains more than doubled the forecast. So 90 day, days ago, we were living in a pre-COVID world. 90 days go by, and Netflix goes from, oh, we're going to add 7 million new subscribers because it's the holiday quarter. People got new devices. Uh, we have this international expansion going on. We had some very exciting products that people were super stoked about. Now, the guy who red-lighted or green-lighted the Tiger show on Netflix, Tiger King, he was probably really close to getting fired 90 days ago as the product was being delivered to Netflix. But then the epidemic happens and America falls in love. I mean, it's the Halloween costume pre-Halloween. If do we do Halloween again? Netflix pulled in 15.7 million new subscribers. And just do the math at $10 a month. That's a big number. And if they didn't change their movie direction or their TV uh, slate of, of films coming out, they probably are not going to change it that fast. There will be some increased costs. But right now, they're also seeing reduced churn. Very, very profitable quarter. Um, and good guidance as well. 25% growth year over year. They have guidance in a market that doesn't have a lot of guidance, and that means a lot to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. The oil comeback is accelerating, but what was oil trying to tell us on Monday and Tuesday, I don't think should be totally ignored. I think some of that tells us that companies with a lot of debt are going to be in trouble, but it also tells us that the thought of us consuming a lot of oil in the near future, not as likely as we used to think just a couple weeks before. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com to talk about markets and much, much more in this weekly segment. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. Good to be back. Got some double duty going on of covering COVID while you're also covering earnings season and uh, the overall market as well. Um, what's your initial take of what's going on from week to week these days? <laughs> well, I guess it, it depends on the week. Um, so, you know, when we uh, left last week, <clears throat> you know, we were of the mindset really, um, and, and something you are starting to hear more uh, in the narrative is just that the stock market had probably come too far really in too quick of a period in terms of pricing in uh, recovery expectations. So there's you know this detachment between the economic reality on the ground and and what's going on in the heads of, of stock traders. Um, now, having said that, you know the stock market is always kind of is always as forward looking, East and uh, and it's at times often able to rationalize things that seem irrational, and in this juncture, the market is is seemingly willing to look really 
past uh, 2020. You know, it's kind of a washout year. It knows it. And it's riding the recovery hopes. It's predicating these recovery hopes on what they is expected to be a much better 2021. Um, and, uh, and that's how it's kind of rationalizing this, this move. But at 2845 on the S&P 500, which was close to the highs we saw last week. We got a little bit above that. You know, the market was it was trading close to 19 times, you know, forward earnings, and and, and there was you know a reasonable basis, I think, and that's a reasonable level, I think, for the market to sort of cool down, take a step back, and and recognize that um, you know it's going to take some time before we get back to this period of quote normalcy. And uh, and maybe it should uh, rein in some of its uh, rebound expectations. And so I think we're seeing a little bit of that right now, and just some of this consolidation activity we're, uh, that's taking place this week. I tend to I've been doing the financial media consumer thing for a while, and I always get a little bit like, oh, um, why are these people doing this? But the emails I'm getting this week is, are there any oil stocks at under three dollars that you think will have an instant comeback? And to me, that's a, that's a sign of like stay away from that sector because people are the three dollars probably implies debt the company has it's not being counted. And uh, do you think oil is going to collapse here? Do we think bankruptcies, mergers, acquisitions? What do we need to see to like say twenty twenty has been rationalized in the stock markets and we are looking at twenty twenty one? Is there anything else, or do we just wait for twenty twenty one? Well, you know, it's. I think. I think you do see kind of all of the above. You're okay. going to see bankruptcies. Um, you know, question is, you know, what what companies are they really going to be? The companies that have a you know a scary impact on the, on the market. Um, you know, probably not. Um, they're going to be more of the smaller, you know, marginal producers. Um, but uh, but certainly, I think it's reasonable to expect there to be a wave of M and A activity in the energy space, just as a matter of, of long term survival. Uh, Meaning to see companies pair up to marshal their resources to be able to you know, try to weather this this downturn and what might be a more sustained period of, of you know quote low oil prices. Um, but the uh, you know the issue of um, uh, you know what you know what can we see is whether these companies, you know, if we've gotten through the worst of it here, you know, the, the energy sector overall has traded reasonably well in the face of these, you know, massive price dislocations along the futures curve for oil. Um, now, that sector is predominantly, um, you know, weighted toward Exxon and, and Chevron, right? And those companies are going to be around. They're not. They're not going into bankruptcy. So, um, you know, and, and both have tried to, you know, reiterated that they're they're intent on maintaining their dividend. You know, maybe that changes if you get into this permanently lower deck of of oil prices. But for the time being, um, it's it's resonating as a kind of a positive factor uh, for energy traders. But you know, but I would agree that you know uh, the point you made, Rob. I think about people writing to you and asking about these low single-digit stock prices. It, it, it's it's a, it's definitely a speculative mentality, you know, to see you know where you can kind of make a quick buck in this space, and and it's going to boil down really to, to personality traits. It's like you know what type of 
individual you are as it relates to capital investment. You know, are you a speculative trader or are you an investor? And I think for the more investment-minded individual, you know, you kind of can get caught in these value traps, and um, it can be a huge opportunity cost playing in the depths of these really low-priced stocks, um, whereas, you know, traders, that if they're willing to be nimble and accept that risk, can make some very nice percentage gains on a short-term basis, but uh, but you really have to stay on top of things if you're playing in that uh, minefield. As we're starting to wrap up this segment, is there any ideas, any thoughts that you want to get out there that you're working on that you seem that you think is important, that's working for you or not working for you, that will help our audience? Well, I do. You know, there's, uh, I write the big picture column. I post it every Friday. And in the spirit of the big picture, you know, we're talking now about kind of COVID-19 case curve hitting the peak, things cooling down in a certain respect as it relates to COVID-19. But as things cool down there, guess what's going to be heating up? Presidential politics, right? And uh, something that I'm going to be focused on this week, I think, is is looking at what will likely be the most important economic indicator as it relates to that presidential race. And in my mind, it's the unemployment rate. And so I'll be providing some color and some uh, um, perspective on how to uh, how to look at that, and particularly the unemployment rate in those uh, six key swing states that could ultimately decide the uh, the election. I'm assuming it's still a little bit too early to start predicting where the unemployment rate goes. Uh, but what are some of the models that you're seeing, or do you think this becomes the worst ever? Do you think it's going to mount close to it? Because these are times where we're trying to model, and uh, the models aren't exactly tight, per se. Right, right. Well, I think you should see probably the worst ever unemployment rate here coming up relatively soon in the next month or so, um, just based on the level of initial claims filings you've seen over the last four weeks. Um, so you're you know probably at least into the mid-teens uh, percent there just doing the math. Um, now, you'll probably see it come down noticeably from there as people get back to work and economies start to reopen. But the question is just how far down does it come back? Uh, and that's going to be an important factor as it relates to uh, how people are thinking come that first Tuesday in November. Sounds about right. Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com hitting all the topics that we need to hit at this point in time. He's got great commentary in the morning, but also what he hinted at, he's putting together some content for the Friday where he takes a little bit longer to read. Not, not terribly long. It'll take you four or five minutes most, but maybe that's a bathtub read over the weekend, give you some perspective on the big picture. I've been tied towards briefing.com. I've used briefing.com for over 20 years start my day every day with Patrick O'Hare. And sadly, I've never met him. I'd like to change that before this is all said and done. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Now, <clears throat> oil's showing a little bit of a comeback. And I kind of planted a question there with Patrick O'Hare that I'm getting emails from people speculating. And they're looking for cheap stocks. That's not what I do. And if you've ever listened to my show, you know that's not what I do. So sometimes I feel like maybe someone's just trying to send emails to as many people as they can to say, what's cheap? I want to make a lot of money, but I want to spend kind of like today's lunch money on it, not you know serious money. And uh, it's just, that's not a great way of doing it. So... 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. You're not looking for cheap. 
what you're looking for is a couple things I'm looking for is price to sales ratio, price to earnings ratios, uh, debt to equity, margins. Um, does a company have the ability to ride things out and or not? Do they have cash? When you're looking at a lot of oil companies, they don't have the cash. And that's what worries me the most is in my personal life, if I don't have cash for a mortgage, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm not one of those people who in their head is starting to think things like, um, oh, you don't have to pay it back. It's just a mortgage. I, I don't have that in my head. I can't do that. Um, so I think that's one of the big fears that I have when I'm seeing this right now in what's happening in the U.S. economy. And the stock market, shows like that mine are supposed to be informative, informational. They're not supposed to be, here's how you day trade. You know how many day traders I've ever met worth a million dollars? Zero. Period. Zero. You know how many people I've ever met that have done a day trading class that said afterwards, wow, they really taught me something that I'm going to go out and make a million dollars with? Zero. So don't be that person who's trying to find a weak stock. Because what that's telling me is you're a weak person and you're looking for a cheap stock, not a value stock, not um, a good deal. You're just trying to play it out in your own, you know, own greedy kind of way. If you don't know what an oil patch looks like, you shouldn't be buying oil stocks. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Weekly demand for a mortgage is stalled. My friend Tony Mendez is still doing mortgages, and he said some of it gets kind of crazy. Someone's like, hey, can you meet me at Starbucks? He's like, no. And uh, then they gear up and they exchange documents, signatures, things like that. But yeah, mortgages are still getting done. And I can't imagine anyone in the last five years not refinancing or saying, you know, now is the time to get a mortgage. But rates are one of the benefits here. But here's the kicker now. It's almost impossible to get a jumbo mortgage. People don't want to lend. They don't know if things get worse. Will they have that cash so they can leverage it, that commodity of cash that leverage it into liability and debt. So jumbos aren't getting done. So goodbye, California. <laughs> like that whole market is basically a jumbo market. Um, and the paperwork's getting a little bit more strenuous. If you don't put 20% down, you're not getting a good rate. There's going to be an exception to every rule. LabCorp is widening availability of its antibody test to detect exposure to the coronavirus. I really like LabCorp as a company. And at times where people are getting greedy and getting fearful, I could say hospitals want to do more and more testing in-house. A for speed and B for cost. Doctors want to do more testing in-house, A for speed and B because they can bill you. As a man who's getting older, I'm no longer 20 or 30. And I have to drop blood off. No, I don't have to drop blood off, but I have to do blood work a little bit more often in my life. So companies like LabCorp, I see. Tests that uh, we're talking about right now, they're looking into blood tests 
designed to detect whether someone has been exposed to COVID. And you would be able to do this test essentially from home. Maybe you drop it off. There's a lot of different types of tests. Spit, blood, you get the idea, right? Prick of blood, draw of blood. Um, but we're also starting to question whether blood tests are actually working correctly. Or maybe we're just opening up. And again, this is where it just you can spiral watching the news. The Trump administration is acquiring blood tests for COVID from China. China's blood tests are notoriously have false reads. It's like, oh, why did you have to tell me that? Let's just go on with the story and assume it's right. So testing, to me, seems like it's going to be around for quite a while. And Elizabeth Holmes, who, uh, if you haven't watched that on Netflix yet, the woman who went to Stanford, the woman who has the husky voice, the woman who dresses like Steve Jobs, the woman who ripped off billions and billions of dollars from private investors to basically fund the concept of, I have this idea that one prick of blood should be able to tell you you've got cancer. Now, I actually buy into that. A, because she's from Stanford. B, because it seems like at some point in time a vial of blood, I don't know, can't be as valuable as a prick of blood, or maybe it can. I don't get it. So I could actually buy into that. And I do see a future where that happens. Sadly, it was all a fraud, but I do see a future where more testing is out there. And the way she did it, or she was trying to do it, was build labs inside of things like CVSs or Safeways. That's the worst idea. Students are weighing starting out at community college as coronavirus continues. So not only are there going to be students who say, my sophomore year, my junior year, my senior year, I'm not going back in the first quarter. We're going to do distance learning. But now there's people who are starting off college and saying, you know what? I'm just going to do community college. I love community college. I think all Americans should do community college. I know you're saying, that's a reversal from you, Rob. Oh, trust me. I love the four-year school experience as well. I think it's a rite of passage for kids to learn about crappy roommates. I think it's a rite of passage for kids to learn, like, whoa, my alcohol tolerance is this. Um, I, I think it's good to learn that if you don't get up for a 7 o'clock lab, your lab partner doesn't show up either, and you fail the class. I think that's good stuff. <clears throat> but also, I think community college is great for the first two years of college. If you believe in a college degree, I think it's the right way to go. In large part, it's it's... 10% of the cost. It doesn't really, after my first job, no one ever asked me to see my college transcripts. And come to think of it, no one ever asked to see my college transcripts with the first job. Um, so if you got a four-year degree, I had a friend who went to a community college for the first two years, and then he transferred into Harvard. I dated someone who went to community college for two years, and then she transferred into Berkeley. Do you think anywhere in their life for the next 30 years they ever said once to someone, I went to community college, or do you think they, they bragged and, and, and gloated, I went to Berkeley or like a great college like Harvard, right? Delta posts a loss after burning $100 million in cash a day. <laughs> That's a lot of money. When you start thinking about $100 million, barrel, million of cash a day, I'm thinking about putting it in barrels and lighting it on fire. I'm like, that's a lot of barrels. A lot of people want to take advantage of tragedy and buy these stocks. Delta and other carriers are expected to worsen in the second quarter. 
we're having conversations. Um, a neighbor of mine's like, I'm not going to a restaurant in 2020. He's like, it's done. He goes, I'll have parties over at my house and such like that where potluck and everyone can still social distance. He goes, until there's a, a, a vaccine, I'm not doing it. So he used to get on a plane two or three times a year. Not anymore. So not for now. And that's kind of the big phrase. And that's where you, you ask the questions of Delta. I would say until Delta fires a lot of employees, I, until they make some sort of massive concession with the union or people's jobs are lost, I don't think it's safe. I'd rather, not, I'd rather be late than early to a situation that could unwind due to debt. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Netflix, great quarter. Delta, not so great. What's that tell you? It's a pretty easy economy to figure out right now. How bad did the jobless numbers get? How much more bailout do we need? Lots of questions for the near future. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com.